1: Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paid more attention? No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back, yeah, back.
0: yeah. Ooh, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird And uh I'm a survivor Ugh, I don't know, I don't know Sometimes I don't know how to start shows, so I just sing Destiny's Child. Um, was that, Dest- is that Destiny's Child song? Well, let me, let me, let me check my, uh, let me check my asshole here. Uh, let's see. okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm right. Here we go. Glad we got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but Survivor Series 1995, WWF. Got some World Wrestling Federation for you guys today. Now I've covered a lot of. Uh, A lot of WWF in 1995. In fact, I've covered uh, every pay-per-view. Which, by the way, check that out in the archives if you're interested. I've covered every every WWF show from WrestleMania 10 to now, chronologically. So go check that out. You can find that at apronbump.com if you go to the episodes tab. And he's like WWF New Generation. But... What was I even talking about? Oh, yes. 1995. Really wrestling in in general in 1995. WCW ECW, which I also cover. Not a lot of bright spots, (laughs) not a lot of gems in uh, this year of the 90s. But Survivor Series 1995, when we talk about this in the podcast, was pretty good. Not a bad show. I mean, uh, you would even look at the card and you're like, wow, that seems like a fat clown's asshole. Um, But. It's not, it's a. uh, Someone else's asshole, it's a little bit more delicious, because, I mean, you got uh, lots of eight man tags, of course, your traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. You got a few of those, but even those are all pretty decent in their own ways. You even got a women's match on the show. Uh, They found eight women. In wrestling in 1995 to uh, put him on the card, which is amazing in its own right. But in addition to those traditional Survivor Series style matches, you got Gold Dust here kicking Bam Bam Bigelow out the door of the WWF. You got uh, you got Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton's here because um, he was the thing, right? Uh, what else? What else is there? Aj Kong, you got Sonny, you got. Um, Todd Pettengill you got Barry Horowitz like what else do you what else do you really need from a wrestling show to be honest Uh, and of course this show capped off and it's probably what people associate this show with is the main event the WWF championship on the line you got the champion diesel defending against the hitman Bret Hart maybe the best Kevin Nash match that has ever occurred in the history of history. Uh, I'll let you be the judge of that, but uh, really great stuff. You got Brett in the main event, which is great. And that's kind of a running theme throughout the show that we'll talk about. It's almost like WWF is done f- fucking around. You know what I mean? Like, and when I say that, I don't mean, Oh, well they're done fucking around now. It's done. no, I mean like they've been just doing bullshit for the past two years, at least. Undertaker, Bret Hart, they've been just pulling each other's puds in the corner in the dark while you have stupid ass Mabel in the main event. You got, you know, um, King Kong Bundy and high profile Matt, like stupid, really stupid stuff. But now it seems like tides are turning. And we even saw that with the ECW show that I recently covered November to remember 1995. Which was a great show in, in ECW's history. And it's like they're they're kind of turning a new leaf. And now you have WWF. It seems like you got a little they're dipping their toes in the attitude era kind of tropes, which we'll talk about. WCW, there's they're still they're still figuring things out. They're still throwing people off of roofs and hitting hitting each other with monster trucks. And they're about to have a three-ring battle royal. So they're, they're WCW, okay. You you go play over there. But ECW, WWF are showing that wrestling can be uh good again so uh good stuff there but i'm rambling let's get to the show but first got to give a shout out to my guest brent from the a work in progress wrestling podcast you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts uh, on youtube as well on twitch they do some live streams over there as well i believe Really great podcast. Really do fun watch alongs and other discussion type stuff. A lot of old school wrestling over there as well. So if you like what I talk about, you'll probably enjoy what the boys at the A Work in Progress podcast do over there. Uh, Like I said, wherever you listen to podcasts and I'll put all of their social medias in the description below. Great follow on social media as well. Do that. Give the boys a kiss and uh, give me a kiss. Why don't you? Um, but yeah, apronbump.com for all mindful episodes as well, apron bump on Twitter, Apron Bump on TikTok. Been especially uh active on TikTok recently. I'm having <laughs> having actually a good deal of fun doing that. Uh so go check that out and some of the stuff I've been putting up, putting out there. I've also done a few tier lists. I think I've been forgetting to mention this, but uh check out the YouTube as well, subscribe to that. First of all, do video versions of these podcasts. So if you don't know about that. Or if you don't watch them, why don't you just head over there, give the video a like, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, leave a thumb up my ass. Do all that. Also do some YouTube exclusive stuff over there like tier lists. I've uh, ranked giants in wrestling. I've ranked championship belts. And I plan to do a lot more in the future, little stuff like that. So uh, go check that out, Uh, youtube.com backslash Apron Bump of course, in the description below as well. Let's get to it. I'm ready to talk about Bertha Faye and Bill Clinton and Goldust licking Bam Bam Bigelow's nipples. So let's get to it. WWF Survivor Series, 1995 with myself and Brent from the A Work in Progress podcast. Uh, you know, I do a little little thing. Well, little, uh... I saw a video recently of, uh, what was it, WAP? Fuck yeah! It was WAP. It was like there was like a sign language interpreter at a concert, and they were like, oh, and then what, you know, all what stuff. exactly is WAP? Are you not familiar with WAP? <laughs> I'm <am> not. That's <laughs> not, that must be too old. <laughs> Do you actually not know what WAP is? No, I literally have no idea what you're talking. About. Wow. Well, let me let me let me hold on one second. Really, before before we dive into Hakushi here, let me let me. Pull this joke. I've been on waiting the to dive into Coochie
1: all day pal <laughs> Hot Coochie As some may say uh, Wop Let's see here. It's probably the first thing We, call it, we call it the Chattahoochee in Nebraska <laughs> Of course you do um, Alright I'm gonna
0: see if I can share my screen here because this, this is the first time I've ever used this function And uh, it's very appropriate Alright Let's see here. Boom Make sure my porn tabs are closed. All right. If if the reason to do it
1: is WAP, then why (laughs) would there be another reason?
0: Unfortunately, I do. Unfortunately, I do know what this is. (laughs) I just didn't realize it was called WAP. Oh, this is a censored version? What the shit is this? All right. Well, next time we'll do we'll do a podcast over that within the background.
1: I mean, goddamn, pal. I don't know if it can get any better than that. All right. Well, now I
0: think, uh, I think we got all our all our kinks loosened. Um, Might as well start with a old uh, fuck kill Mary. Um, Let's see. Let me find (laughs) this list. Aja Kong, Bertha Faye, uh,
1: Tomoko Watanabe. Okay, I'm I'm smashing Tomoko Kamanawe. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to marry Aja Kong and I'm
0: killing Bertha Faye. That's good. Yeah, that's a good isn't Bertha Faye already dead anyways. So I believe so. Man, I well, think Aja like, Kong is still wrestling. Yeah, she was in AEW, like I <laughs> like it was like in the beginning, but not doing like no not shit. an active monster. She she wrestled at like all in or something, at least something stupid like that, like her and shows how much I pay attention. Awesome Kong just bumbling around on their old knees. But uh, he's like 50. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, Survivor Series 1995.
1: Did you get a chance to check out the show? Oh, I, yep. I finished. I watched the main event of it just this morning, which the main event's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. What you, would you think of the show uh, in general overall? Overall, I thought it was a pretty damn good sh- I mean, not pretty damn good, but it was a pretty good show for 1995. As, I don't have to tell you because you review all this stuff, but 1995 mm-hmm. was an absolutely dreadful year for all of <laughs> wrestling. WCW, WF, it was all bad. Mm-hmm. ECW was pretty bad, too. I, me- I remember you made me watch one of those shows and it wasn't good.
0: <laughs> but uh, dude, I, yeah, word for word, I had this pretty much the same thought. For 1995, this was a very good show, I thought. And I was pretty surprised because looking at the card, I mean, it's Survivor Series. So you obviously got all the, the four on four, five on five Survivor Series matches. So it's kind of a weird show to begin with, but the main event was great. And uh, I thought the tag matches were
1: really solid too. So. Yeah, I can't disagree. There's nothing that I watched that made me like roll my eyes too much. Like, even the first match, you look at that on paper and it just looks like a bunch of fucking, you know, jobbers. Uh, Mm. But it was actually pretty damn good for the people that they had in the ring. I agree. Well, the only thing that made me roll my eyes on
0: this show was uh, the third mic on commentary, Mr. Perfect. So that's how Mm. the show. opens up it opens up to the shot of the crowd then they announce ladies and gentlemen mr perfect and then old old kurt comes out he uh is joining jim ross and vinnie mack on commentary uh what what would you think of mr perfect's commentary
1: throughout the show so he did he did uh he did commentary in the early in the earlier 90s in like 92 93 that I thought mm-hmm. was really good, but then I maybe he just his heart wasn't in it when he came back in 90, 96, 95. But yeah, I just I didn't think he was very good either. The things that he said didn't make any sense, and he would like I remember during one of the matches he was like, "Oh, it was the um, it was the Royals match," and he said that that Doctor Doctor Isaac Yank of DDS wasn't just big; he's also big and strong. <laughs> and that was it. That was all I listed. I caught that, too. He was like, yeah, he's not just a big,
0: big monster. He's also he's big and he's strong <laughs> because he,
1: <laughs> he, he ran out of adjectives. Yeah, like he just didn't know where to go after that. He's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think you're spot on. I think his heart wasn't in it. I think he really wanted to be in the ring, especially like when looking at the main event. Brett and Diesel, I think he even said something along the lines of, man, it's hard to watch this. I, I want to be in there or something along those lines. So, yeah, that is yeah. probably the. uh the issue there but um but before we get into the actual show there was a dark match on this show that i thought was pretty interesting it was a uh for the tag team titles we have the champions the smoking guns versus the public enemy johnny grunge and rocco rock holy shit i did not know that they did a little stint here in wwf this early did you
1: no, the only part, the only time I ever thought public enemy was in WWF is when they got the shit kicked out of them by the acolytes because <laughs> they said they weren't going to go through a table. Um, yeah, I believe last time I was on the show we talked about the public enemy. A couple of white you rappers, very, it. very urban for Nebraska, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> is that where they're from?
1: Oh no, you're from Nebraska. No,
0: I'm from Nebraska, so they seem so it makes you uncomfortable when you see when you see urban people, right? I get it. I get. It, it. Not anymore, but in the '90s, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, well, they're scary. (laughs) They are big and scary. Uh, Are are the public, are they from, because we're in D.C. This show, I I assume they're probably like from D.C. Or are they from Philly? I would have thought they were from Philly, right? Or maybe I'm, they're probably from fucking Detroit. (laughs) Well, Philly's pretty close to D.C., I think. It's only a few hours. So I guess they're relatively local. So I guess that would explain why they're uh, in this little shindig. But uh, yeah, I know they would be in WCW eventually. And then, like you said, they would. (laughs) <laughs> Try WWF later in the nineties. Do you think Public Enemy would have been better suited for this era rather than ninety eight or ninety
1: nine or whenever they were there? Probably. I think it probably would have worked out better in this era. I mean, they were fine in WCW. I know a lot of people probably didn't like them, but you weren't supposed to like them. Yeah, I think they would have worked mm-hmm. out. I mean, they had those guys with the with um what were those guys' names that were with the Nation of Domination? Uh, PG-13. Yes, yes. and That was kind of like a junior version of Public Enemy. So I I think it would have worked out in 95-96, absolutely. Couldn't have been any worse, I guess. Um, But... Yeah, run down the tag team division of WF in 1995 and see how (laughs) great that was.
0: Well, we got a few of them here in this opening match here. At least, like, some halves of teams. So we got... uh, uh, Survivor Series eight-man tag team elimination match to open the show. It's a four-on-four match. Uh, first of all, I miss when teams had names. <laughs> so, like, Survivor Series teams had names. So we had the Body Donnas versus the Underdogs. The Body Donnas is comprised of Skip, Rad Radford, the 1-2-3 Kid, and Tom Pritchard uh, versus the Underdogs, the team of Barry Horowitz, Bob, Spark, Plug, Thurman, Plug, Holly, Hakushi, and Marty Jannetty. What a cast of characters. A lot of colors just bouncing around in there. Um, I hate, well, one thing that strikes out to me is Hakushi. I, I hate that Hakushi is like an underdog guy. I feel like he had so much more potential.
1: I mean, I thought he was, when he was in the match, I thought he was like, the star of the match. I mean, the, it started out dull and then they tagged him in and that's when it started to get real good. So I like, yeah, I like, I always like Takushi. I think he had like his, uh, grocery, grocery store list written on his chest, right in his back. So you know <laughs> what to get when you went to the store. Is that what that was? I don't read, uh, Mandarin. So, or Japanese or whatever it is, but <laughs> yeah, it says uh, like green beans, corn, oh, box of stuffing.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it might, for all we know, it <laughs> might, and we just don't know it. But, uh, I think uh, Hakushi definitely stood out in this match from a physical standpoint. But uh, one, two, three, Kid is probably the star of this match because he recently just turned heel, uh, turning on Razor Ramon. They did a little uh, recap package here where uh, Kid was a special guest referee on Raw when Razor Ramon was facing uh, Sid. And uh, Kid basically helped Sid get the win, did a fast count deal. And now I guess he's a member of the Million Dollar Corporation. Because he comes out, what well, kid comes out with the with Ted DiBiase and the music and all that? Get up and whenever Kid would get tagged into the match, he had huge heat, like way more than anybody else in this match. So, at the surface, I was like, "Man, one, two, three, Kid." I feel like he's like the ultimate underdog. I don't know how a heel run would suit him, but I feel like it is off to at least a good start here. Do you think it was a good move turning him heel?
1: at that point probably because he he'd gotten pretty stale i don't know so like when you told me we were going to watch these i went back and watched like the four episodes of raw before this because that's just the kind of nice. person i am i have to know exactly what was happening so right, and right. it kind of felt like for a while that they were going to turn him heel and it, it seemed like the right thing to do because he was getting a little bit stale there's only so much you can do with that underneath yeah. baby face gimmick you know what i mean um so yeah Yeah, especially when you have a whole team of them. I mean, you can
0: create a whole four person team of those underneath underdogs. So might as well uh, make make you stand out a little bit more. But uh, but yeah, the match is fine. You got uh, you got Tom Tom Pritchard out there. He goes for a moonsault, but misses Uh, Bob Holly eliminates him with a cross body. But then Skip gets right in there and rolls up Holly right away for uh, the elimination uh then rad radford and hakushi go at it these all sound like fake names i guess they are
1: rad (laughs) radford is the worst wrestling name in the history of wrestling rad radford come on, man
0: how long do you think it took for them to come up with that (laughs)
1: look at him he's got nice hair he's rad what rhymes with (laughs) rad radford great get out there pal goddamn pal here's a skirt go out there and wrestle Louis Piccoli just looked like a chubby baby. Like they should have just shaved him bald and just said about there is a baby.
0: <laughs> He's like a baby dressed up as an adult. Yeah, I can there see we it. go. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Rad Radford's out there. He's Rad. He needs Radford, and he uh, him and a, him and a Hakushi go at it. Uh, but one two three kid gets in there illegally with a, a spinning back kick to the back of Hakushi's head, and Rad Radford's able to pin him for the elimination. Then we got uh, Rad Radford, who I think Skip described him as a uh, a body Donna in training. Do Which, I have that right,
1: that was the most ridiculous thing said on this entire podcast. Is that Rad Radford <laughs> was going to be a body Donna? That's I mean not on this podcast, in training pay per view.
0: He's working oh. on it. He's not there yet.
1: He is, after all, a work in progress. That's oh wow. I spun that around.
0: Wow. Might as well just end the podcast right there. Um, Rad, uh, he's, he's in progress, right? So he's doing push ups in the ring, uh, skips counting along, but then Barry Horowitz comes in from behind and rolls him up and, uh, pins Rad Radford. So no more Rad Radford here. Uh, so now it's two V two. We got one, two, three kid and skip versus Barry Horowitz and Marty Gennetti. Just saying these names makes me laugh. (laughs) What, What a fucking undercard here. Um, one, two, three kid then eliminates. Barry Horowitz with a uh, a shitty little kick to the back and then a stupid leg drop. Uh, Marty Jannetty in there, uh, murdering somebody again, I guess. Uh, he hits Skip <laughs> with a, a rocker dropper and then a, uh, a crazy powerbomb from the top rope, which is what Chris
1: Candido Skip would uh, be known
0: for in ECW, I feel like, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I remember, I remember Dr. Tom Pritchard telling a story about how he wrestled Chris in ECW and like, oh, I got to put you over. What's your finish? And he's like, top rope powerbomb. And Dr. Tom being like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's terrifying. Are you kidding it's me? A full on, they're both
0: standing on the top rope and it's a, a full on powerbomb. Just looks absolutely horrific. But I mean,
1: it looks good, but it just scary to take, I'm sure. Ahead of its time. That's something you would see on TV nowadays. Yeah. Um. But so now
0: it's so that eliminates uh, skip. So now it's one on one. We got Marty Jannetty versus One Two Three Kid, who uh, I think were former tag team champions, if
1: I remember correctly, for a short period of time. They beat the Quebecers. Oh man, what a what a tag! Division. Why do I know? Why do I know that? Why, you knew I that. Know so nothing quick. else from life,
0: but I know that. <laughs> it's like you were waiting for me to bring up the tag division in '94 or whatever it was. So we got. So Sid comes out, uh, also a member of the Million Dollar Corporation, comes out with Ted DiBiase because Ted left, I guess. Um, So Sid comes out, hangs up Marty on the top rope, and that's it. And then one, two, three, kid spins him. Fuck you, Marty Giannetti, And he uh, gets the win for the body Donnas. Sid and kid hug. And uh, yeah, a weird undercard, but it was a pretty entertaining match for what it was, I thought.
1: I agree with you. I thought it was really a really good, entertaining first match. I mean, you had a lot of strange guys in there. Like who would have thought, like, I watched WF Superstars from nineteen ninety two for our show, and I see Barry Horowitz on that all the time, and I never would have thought that Barry Horowitz would be on a Survivor Series team in nineteen ninety five. Yeah. If you would have told me that, I would have been shocked. So uh yeah, no, a good opening match. I was a little upset that fucking Rad Radford, who did some of the, I know you work out a lot, those were some of the worst push ups I have ever seen. I've seen third graders do better push ups than those.
0: They were, um, there was something. They were, uh, it was more, he got that canvas pregnant, I think, with those pushups, but, uh, it is what it is, that Luis Piccoli.
1: That uh, damn Luis Piccoli. Can't
0: stop Baby Piccoli, from... that's what I want to call him. Baby Piccoli. There we go. There we go. That's going to catch on. Um, so, <laughs> but after the match, it shows, um, Razor Ramon, who is watching the, uh, the match on his monitor, who I think I forgot to mention. Before the match, Razor came out. He was trying to get the kid, but the you know security was keeping him back. So Razor's backstage watching it on the monitor, and he sees kid get the win. He saw Razor throwing TVs everywhere. He's flipping tables. He's, you know, finger fucking uh, you know, whoever else is back there. I can't think of another jobber. Um, Savya. Quang. Bega. Yeah, <laughs> I said Savya. I said Quang. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> wow um yeah so yeah razors losing it then it cuts to uh razors teammates later in the night so we got dean douglas yoko zuna owen hart and jim Cornette. motherfucker so, god damn how extra cheese There we uh go. <laughs> so they're uh they're all teaming with razor later in this show and you might be saying to yourself well that's a By golly, that's a weird combination. Faces and heels. Well, that's the whole deal, pal. It's a wild card. And uh, the wild card Survivor Series match later. So it's a bunch of like rivals teaming with each other and stuff like that. So these these guys are basically telling Razor to get his shit together. And uh, yeah, the wild card concept. That's a little later in the show. What do you think of it conceptually?
1: I didn't know why it wasn't two, two two heels and two heels versus two two baby faces and two heels. You know what I mean? Like the the three and a one, and then the two and the two just didn't make any sense to me. None of it. Well, made that's any just
0: sense. how that's how wild it is, Brent. It's just uh
1: no uh no symmetry. So it's too bad the wild man wasn't Mark Mero wasn't there for it. That would have been perfect. Oh
0: man! Soon we'll we'll be there soon. Don't you worry. Um, but after that, we got our next Survivor Series eight person tag team elimination match the women are here wow women's wrestling in 1995 this is a uh, like a four-leaf clover or some shit um so they don't have uh, <laughs> eight women on the roster i don't think so they had to pluck some from japan so here are the teams so we got the team of Kong, bertha faye lioness asuka and tomako watanabe versus Alonja Blaze, Chaparita Asari, Kyoko Inoue and Sakai Hasegawa.
1: Uh I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I feel like if you throw on a bit of an accent, it sounds right. So, I mean, thank God that you're here because I would have massacred those names if I tried to read them. It would have been a massacre. <laughs> Damn it. I knew I should have made you read it anyways.
0: Well, we know I this taps out. out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, women's match here. It's kind of, you know, it's whatever. I like, guess it was a fun showcase for uh, a lot of the new Japanese girls. I don't know where they like stardom. Do you know by any chance?
1: I have no freaking idea. Like I know who three of these people are and one of them is Bertha Faye. Uh, and then the rest <laughs> of them are all lost on me. Have you ever, Kyle, heard Bertha Faye's classic, terribly bad entrance music? Have you ever heard it? No. How does that go? It's like Harvey Whippleman singing it. Harvey <laughs> Whippleman singing about how much he loves. it. Like, all Bertha Fay. You gotta hear it. Google that shit right now if you've never heard it. Look it up. Not I here, mean, I watched the show.
0: show. I I heard it after. Right. Uh, I guess did it play? I guess maybe it
1: didn't play on the show. They probably they they probably dubbed it over. You know, like they do now. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what happened. But uh,
0: some fun moves by these uh these japanese women we got a big swing by asuka uh jim ross by the way was calling her asuka it's spelled like asuka but uh i think jr i'm gonna go with jr so if it's wrong anybody listening yell at jr not me um by the way jr was (laughs) as far as commentary goes uh vince mcmahon had no uh no uh want to try to pronounce any of these names or know who any of these women were he was just letting jr roll with it, so which i thought was funny i think at one point vince said something he was like all right jr
1: keep keep commentating (laughs) yeah he did i think perfect said something stupid and then vince tried to like stop him and then he said all right jr keep going was the stupid thing,
0: uh Mr. Perfect saying, Whatever happened to the all American lady. Uh, well, why well, at least these women should be, you know, at home making their husband dinner.
1: I hope it was. I don't remember if it was, and I forgot about that, but fucking goddamn, that would not age well today. Imagine you know, Sasha Banks is taking on Charlotte and fucking, you know, mm. Corey Graves says, They should be making me a sandwich. Could you imagine? I could. Corey
0: Graves, I could definitely imagine that. Well, that's um, true. But I, I know what you're saying. Um, so yeah, we got like a big swing by Asuka, uh, Asari does this crazy corkscrew, like spiral tap from the top rope onto the other Japanese lady. Uh, you got a lunge blaze with her beautiful, one of the most beautiful German suplexes ever, uh, eliminates somebody. And I, it was hard to keep notes. I didn't know who was who and who was anal. Like H- hasaga was in there. You got. She's throwing out a double arm rolling suplex on somebody. And uh, then Aja Kong, I mean, the story here is Aja Kong. She basically wrecks everybody. Um, Then leaves us leaves it to three versus one. You got Bertha Faye, Aja Kong and uh, another Japanese woman. Uh, Wanna what? Which one? wasabi? Watanabe. Uh, (laughs) So those three versus a Blaze. And uh, Blaze hits a pile driver on Wasabi, uh, eliminates her German suplex to Bertha Faye, which is pretty impressive. But Bertha Faye completely no-sells it right after. Uh, But then Ozzy Kong gets in there with a spinning back fist to a a lunger Blaze and gets the win. And then we have some generic Japanese music that I think every Japanese
1: wrestler had. And uh, yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah, it's probably called Land of the Rising Sun or something like that. Oh, yeah, Probably. It had to have been. Isn't that what? No, Nakamura's music isn't called Land of the Rising Sun. Is it? was. God, it's not. like the rising sun
0: or something. So I it think is is what pretty it's pretty goddamn close. God damn it, pal. Uh, and then yeah. Saray is the warrior of the sun. And then uh, yeah, everybody, everybody. I thought Saray was just a schoolgirl that turned into a wizard or something. Well, she is, but she's also the warrior of the sun.
1: Oh, OK. Well, that, sounds, that, that, that sounds a lot better than a schoolgirl whose pendant turns her into a wizard or whatever the fuck it is.
0: Oh, no, she still is that, but just many other things, I'm too. S- I'm so confused, Kyle. I don't understand. <laughs> I know. Me, too. That's why I don't
1: watch it. Uh, that backfitting spinning backfist from Aja Kong looked like it hurt a lot. I don't know if she missed or not, but I'm pretty sure she. I'm pretty sure Lenabrace felt some pain after that one, but she did throw out some beautiful German suplexes, which was probably the highlight of this match. Yeah, I mean, the the athleticism was like pretty
0: striking like that corkscrew sent on by Asari that I mentioned and I feel like the women wrestlers were pretty good in this time period I feel like people associate the 90s and women's wrestling with like Sable and uh the cat just bumbling around in there naked but I mean there was some pretty te- Linger Blaze specifically was really good she just had no uh no
1: dancing partners as they say yeah, like you said, they, the only girls on the roster were probably Bertha Faye and Alundra Blaze at that time. That was probably it. They probably didn't have anybody else. They probably just brought all these girls over for this, and they only had one other two like two or three girl wrestlers. Maybe Aisha Kong was on the roster, but yeah, that's it. You never got women's matches on pay-per-views. I was actually shocked when I looked at the card and saw that it was on there just because you didn't get that back then.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, there was one at SummerSlam but uh, I don't think any of the in-your-houses have had any, and WrestleMania didn't have any, I don't think. Um,
1: So, yeah. WrestleMania 10 might have had an Alundra Blaze match, now that I think about it, but I can't think of any other Mm pay-per-views that did.
0: That was uh, Alundra Blaze versus LaLani Kai, I believe. Which LaLani
1: Kai wrestled at, like, the very first Survivor Series in, like, 88.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so she was uh, on her way out, but... We're uh, we're pretty close from the title being thrown in the trash can, right? Only a few months, I think.
1: Yeah, because it's early. I, it's ninety five, isn't it? Is it ninety five or ninety six when she does that? It's one. Well, of we're in November of ninety five, so we're almost ninety six. So
0: it's got to be coming up soon because the uh, <laughs> the women's division is uh, hanging on with the thread or by a thread. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, we got Bill Clinton here, and Todd Pettengill sitting in the crowd. I guess Clinton has his own little uh, press box in the crowd. Cause they're in D.C., so the president's here. Aren't we all having fun? Mm.
1: Do you think that was really Bill Clinton? <laughs> it had to be, right? I mean, it was on it was on Peacock, so it had to be true, right? Right.
0: Exactly. You can't it put anything on the like internet
1: them? that's not true. <laughs> that's very true. That's very
0: true. Um, well, speaking of the internet, we have somebody that apparently is a hot topic on America Online, according to uh, Jim Ross, Gold Dust versus Bam Bam Bigelow. So uh, <laughs> it's funny because so Bill Clinton and Todd Gill are talking and then uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's pyro goes off and Clinton and everybody like they hit the deck. I guess this is referencing. I had to look this up. I guess there was like a shooting on the White House in 1994, like October of 94. So almost a year before this. So they're referencing that
1: with because uh, there's like an explosion and everybody gets like yeah. topical topical. And also let's not forget that bam that President Clinton had confused bam bam Bigelow with bam bam from the fucking Flintstones. That happened too. <laughs> I believe it. That sounds
0: about right. Um but yeah, so Gold Dust newly debuted. This is a uh, second pay-per-view match. He has the long dramatic entrance and uh I mean that was pretty much the story. I think the entrance was damn near as long as the match itself, but uh yeah, Gold Dust pretty much is he dominates pretty much the whole match wins with the running bulldog. And, uh, yeah. What'd you think of early gold dust here?
1: I thought that, uh, the early gold dust and like into 1996 was, that was some really, really good shit. If you go back and watch it, which it was really good when he first came in, it started to go down, you know, toward the end of 1996, but early nine, like when he early came in in 95 and early 96, it was really, really good. I thought it was some good stuff. Probably, uh, a little bit controversial for its time, but I don't know if he had gotten to that point yet. That comes in like the later months when he gets a little bit more controversial, but I remember watching his promos as a kid uh, coming in, and I had no idea that was Dustin Rhodes until he got in there for his first match and took his wick off, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's Dustin Rhodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was cool. Uh, yeah, he basically dominated this match. This is, I think this was actually Bam Bam Bigelow's last match in WWF ever. I think he left the really? company right after this, so... Did you ever see that halftime show where Katy Perry was dressed like Bam Bam Bigelow? <laughs> no, I missed Look it. Look that up if you haven't. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to do that. But um, <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah,
0: no, I, I believe it because Bam Bam was definitely... Uh, I mean, I guess it's something that is in a one-on-one match on pay-per-view, but it was essentially a squash match. And uh, I don't know if Bam Bam wasn't into it. He seemed pretty blown up. But uh, yeah, this is definitely the gold dust show. Definitely. Designed to showcase gold dust, and uh, like you said, is he's pretty tame at this point. I mean, he's very uh, bizarre, I guess, is how they say. And it. he's androgynous,
1: pal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only really androgynous part of him at this point is his wig, but he starts, like you said, they eventually they start leaning more into it and starts kissing men and uh, rubbing his balls on people's faces and stuff like that. I forget, I'm paraphrasing,
1: as one does.
0: Yeah, you know, wrestling. Don't
1: up. act like you haven't rubbed your balls in somebody's face, Carl? You know you have. Look, man, <laughs> don't you bring up last <laughs> weekend. But yeah, so
0: yeah, I guess they would <laughs> maybe lean into it too much eventually. And he starts wearing pointy brawls and
1: uh, oh, yeah, goddamn. In like 98, <laughs> 99 with Luna. Yeah, that shit started to get a little bit too weird. Yeah,
0: but that uh, is what it is. Kind of early stages of the attitude era. I feel like Gold like Goldust is really almost like the first element of that because that's kind of what the Attitude Era would be known for is these really like outlandish characters. And I feel like Gold Dust was like the first kind of dipping their toes into it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. Uh,
0: then when, uh, we're back to Bill Clinton. <laughs> and, uh, of course, he's joined by Bob Backlund, Mr. Bob Backlund. And uh, Bob you. Backlund... There's been this like underlying storyline where he's like, I don't know, he's trying to run for president or something. So him and Clinton talk. I don't know what you, what was going on here?
1: Yeah, I don't. It's yeah. So he was, I think Clinton was trying to talk Bob Backlund into running for president. He was like, I was like, oh, I think you'd be a good candidate. And then Bob Backlund started saying a whole bunch of big words that my corn fed brain doesn't understand. So <laughs> I don't know what was going on with old Bob Backlund. I could have fell asleep watching that thing.
0: I Bob Backlund, he just says big words. I don't think he knows what they mean. I think he just says big words. Um, but whatever it was, uh, I'm watching this and I'm like, man, this guy won the world title at the last <laughs> Survivor Series. Now he's in this <laughs> bullshit segment <laughs> with, Bill, with a Bill Clinton lookalike. Uh, wow, I had
1: not thought of that, but you are absolutely right. He had won the WF Championship a year earlier at Survivor Series. Bro. He, he
0: was the last... Wow. Champion at this point because Diesel beat him for it, and he's still champion here, which is just who? It's something. It's something. But wow!
1: And then he was playing. You saw WrestleMania 11, right? He's he lost in chess to Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So it's been a bad year for Bob. I try to put that entire show out of my head as much as I can. (laughs) Got to be honest. That's got to be the
0: worst WrestleMania ever. Worst wrestling thing to be on TV, (laughs) I, I think, would be the. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm watching all the WCW, all the ECW. I don't, I can't think of maybe WCW uncensored 1995. Was oh, bad that too. was
1: a bad one. Or Halloween Havoc 95 was pretty bad too.
0: That one was at least had some funny moments. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania was just a, it was like a giving yourself a circumcision. Like it was that pleasant <laughs> to watch, you know. So yeah, I, I feel ya. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after that, speaking of circumcisions, we got another Survivor Series eight man elimination match. We got the dark side versus the Royals. So the Royals are comprised of King Maple, Jerry, the King Lawler, uh, his royal dentist, Isaac Yankum, and uh, the royal blue blood Hunter Hurst Helmsley who Mr. Perfect called Triple H, which I thought was pretty funny. I think that's like the first time he was ever called that. Um, versus. It's the only good thing Perfect said this entire show. <laughs> legitimately, though, he said like a paragraph worth of stuff the entire show, and that was probably the only good thing. Um, So the whole thing here is so it's Mabel and Undertaker is the main story here. We are fresh off of Mabel crushing Undertaker's face. I think it was at a live event, right? It was like a clothesline or something that Broke his orbital bone. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, they did a whole angle on Raw, which is before he actually got his face crushed, where Mabel attacked Undertaker, gave him a bunch of leg drops. So they're painting it as like that was what crushed his face, which which is you know pretty lucky they fell into that. Um, so the Undertaker just, hasn't been seen in you a just while. A little
1: well, fucking, I'll just break your face for real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we got to really commit. Uh, so. Everybody comes out, which by the way, so the dark side, it's a team of, uh, well, so you, you hear the dark side, it's a team. You're expecting uh, like a bunch of like druids and uh, I don't know, zombies, I really macabre team. But what happens is the, the dark side's announced, all you hear is. So, um, Savio <laughs> Vega comes out.
1: <laughs> That's that scared the shit out of me. so loud. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you did that because I'm like, yeah. oh, the dark side coming out to this music you could salsa dance to. Isn't that so <laughs> 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 uh
0: Well, so we got uh Savio Vega, Henry O'Godwin, and Fatu, and of course The Undertaker. I think it's, is this BSK? Are these guys all BSK, Bone Street
1: crew guys? They are all Bone Street crew guys. I never thought of it until just right now, but yep, they definitely all are. Yeah, so I guess
0: that's uh, really the only reason that they're teaming with The Undertaker because none of them are really dark. Actually, they're all very colorful.
1: When I think dark, I think hog farmers.
0: Yeah, I mean, they can get pretty dark sometimes. Are you a hog farmer? Kayfabe, yes, I am a hog farmer. (laughs) (laughs) Are you more of an HOG or a PIG? I'm
1: more of a PIG guy than an HOG, yeah. You're you're that you strike me as a Phineas. That's for Thank sure. You. You're welcome. That's that's a mighty fine compliment in the <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: so the Undertaker comes out, hasn't been seen in a few months after the injury, but he's returning here, of course, with the uh, little Phantom of the Opera mask, which I thought that was pretty a badass look. What'd you think of the
1: the uh, whole get up here from Taker? I agree. I thought it looked pretty badass, too. I thought it made it look even cooler. They should have kept it longer. Yeah, she just kept it. Fuck it. Yeah.
0: Um. So Undertaker, it takes him a while to get tagged in. But even when he's on the apron, like there's one point where Triple H is trying to pedigree Fatu, and Undertaker just stares at Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Triple H is like, oh, and then <laughs> um, so uh, and then Fatou is over there. He gets his head smashed into the corner, but then he like dances out of it, which I thought was pretty fun.
1: You can't smash a Samoan guy's head in the corner. Everybody fucking knows that
0: Just this Hunter Hearst Helmsley is like, he doesn't know anything about wrestling.
1: A kid never, that kid never did anything in the business.
0: <laughs> nah,
1: his gimmicks to shit he's done for
0: <laughs> speaking of shit gimmicks. We got Isaac Yankum in there as well. Uh, I actually thought he looked pretty decent. There's one point he threw like a a drop kick that looked pretty sick. I thought Kane looked pretty uh, limber here in this match.
1: He was definitely the bright spot of the Royals team. That is for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking at these names, that's uh, (laughs) weird to say, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, At one point, King hits Savio Vega with a pile driver. Uh, Vega pops right out of it, though, and tags Undertaker. And at this point... It's, uh, it's all she wrote because Undertaker everybody's just scared shitless of Taker and his, his mask. Nobody wants to tag in King. <laughs> Even Mabel's like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. So we got a tombstone to Lawler gone. Uh, we get a little face off between Undertaker and Kane here, which is a fun little moment. Isaac, Yankum and Taker. Uh, not for long, though, because uh, Tombstone to Yankum eliminates him. Triple H says, fuck this. So he tries to run. But Hogg has his bucket of slop, threatens to slop him. So this causes Triple H to get back onto the apron, but he gets choke slammed into the ring by Undertaker and eliminated Mabel, uh, Mabel gets in. I think it's just Mabel at this point. Get hits Taker with a belly to belly suplex and then a leg drop. But then Undertaker just rises up and Mabel just runs away and Mo gets choke slammed. Mabel gets counted out the dark side wins clean sweep and uh yeah so they're the winners
1: so uh yeah thoughts i mean my favorite part was the end when he when mabel ran away because i love watching a big guy run in fear it's one of my favorite things ever to watch any big wrestler flee in fear it makes me Mm -hmm. laugh so i love that part um Jerry Lawler like mocked Savio Vega's dancing during this at one point, and I hope to never see Jerry Lawler dance again. So there's that. What what, what did his dance look like? It was just, it was like white people dancing, you know, where we just kind of shake our (laughs) bodies. I'm not even going to (laughs) try (laughs) to. That's all I (laughs) know. I I wish I could, but it was just, I never ever, Jerry Lawler dancing is a visual no one ever needs to see. Yeah, well, didn't care for it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Undertaker, Undertaker just felt like a star in this match because he'd been fucking around for like, <laughs> like I started watching all this stuff at WrestleMania 10 and it feels like Undertaker hasn't done a goddamn thing. Like he's, he was fighting various guys from the Million Dollar Corporation for like a year. He faced his, the, another Undertaker, He faced Yoko's, like he's just been doing bullshit. But now I feel like at, from this point on, at, at least, Hopefully he'll be uh in more significant stuff.
1: Yeah, he's gotta fucking hate whoever books these things. He's like, I gotta wrestle fucking giant Gonzalez and then I gotta wrestle like <laughs> wrestling Yokozuna was probably a breath of fresh air, probably not so much now because his weight kinda got out of control. But like mm. back in ninety four when he was wrestling, he was probably like, Thank God, because if you look back at no one's had more shit opponents than the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't stop either.
0: Um yeah, that Yokozuna match was a SummerSlam '94, I think. Was actually not that bad, not as bad as you would think. So,
1: so they had the casket match at Royal Rumble '94, which ended. Or was it was
0: Survivor game. Series '94, I think, when That's they had what, another yeah, casket yeah. match. Yes. Chuck Norris was there. He kicked Jeff Jarrett. Highlight <laughs> <laughs> of the show. Um, but now we got the wild card up next. It's a, another Survivor Series eight-man tag.
1: Oh, you you must have forgot about the Bret Hart, Big Daddy Cool, terrible promos that they cut before they went to this match.
0: I'm gonna tell you this: they were so bad, I didn't even make a note of it. But while give you give me your thoughts.
1: I just remember the last thing Bret Hart said. In his was that the truck stops here, which I well, wow, that's a real classic line because he's diesel. <laughs> the truck stops here. Very Canadian of him. And then after Diesel got his promo, I thought, thank God he turns heel after this because that was so corny. And he used to, like, change his voice, too. He wouldn't talk normally. He'd be like, you know what, Brett? When we get out there, I'm going to run on Diesel Power. It was like he was – it was just weird. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? It was terrible. Both the promos were bad.
0: Dude, I, uh, I posted this on Twitter, but on Raw, and maybe you watched it since you watched the Raw's leading up to this. They had this, like, interview segment. Where it was like, both guys were on the screen. They're in like different locations. It was like a via satellite deal. And it was, it felt like an hour long of these guys just talking. They're not cutting promos. There's no intensity. It's just, you have Bret Hart. Like, well, you know, I, uh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go give it full, I'm going to go full throttle. I'm going to give it hundred percent. And you have diesels like, well, you, You know, it's uh, I'm probably going to hit you with a jackknife and then probably going to pin you after that. If I had to give you my my idea of what this match is like, what are we doing here?
1: It was like they were they were trying to be respectful of each other while totally disrespecting each other at the same time. Yeah, no, I did watch that and it was really, really bad. It was it was something.
0: But yeah, the promos on this show weren't much. Well,
1: they were better in that they were shorter. Cornette cut the best promo on this show. The entire if anybody who put a promo on the show, only Jim Cornette was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not saying a lot with who's on this card. But, right. Um,
0: but yeah, so that's a thing. But wild card. So we got the team of Dean Douglas, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon and Yokozuna versus the team of Ahmed Johnson making his pay-per-view debut. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Sid and the British Bulldog. Um, wow, what, a, what a, again, a cast of characters, a lot of team dysfunction, as you would expect here in those teams. Um, I mean, anything speak out to you? There, there are some cool moments like Sean and Owen going at it. You have uh, Bulldog and Owen having a face-off, Razor and HBK having a face-off. Anything in particular about this match stick out to you?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, both those that you that you talked about that was I was talking about uh I mean I wrote in my notes too so yeah no I agree with that when I was a when I was a child when Ahmed Johnson first came up on my TV screen I was a huge giant Ahmed Johnson mark I don't know why but everything about him connected with me I loved his I loved his music I love the Pearl River plunge so I thought this was really cool because he was really the highlight of the of the match really yeah, he was. He was. I'm sorry. He, he was the person they were trying to spotlight the most. He wasn't the highlight of the match, but that was the purpose of this match was to get Ahmed over. Oh,
0: 100 percent. Yeah, sense. even even him like hopping over the top rope into the ring and he did this like weird karate kick. I don't know if you caught it like when he was making his entrance. It's like, OK, this guy's big, but he can uh, he can move, too. So I, I feel like that that in and of itself makes him stick out among everybody else. Yeah, because you have a lot. Of, you have a lot of big guys, but not a lot of big guys that can move. I mean, you have Bam Bam Bigelow who's on his way out, but everyone. You know, fucking Yokozuna can barely walk. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so the match gets underway. Uh, Ahmed Johnson is already hot. So I guess people were with you and being uh, Ahmed Johnson marks. Everybody's thoroughly behind him, which is crazy considering he just all he's really done so far is bodies. Well, OK, it's, it's impressive, but he body slammed Yokozuna <laughs> on Raw. All he ever did was body slap a <laughs> 600 pound guy. That's it. <laughs>
1: what does that mean?
0: <laughs> oh, man. But, um, hasn't had a lot of matches, a lot of promos, I don't think, um, unfortunately. So, um, but crowd did, loved them either way in there, like a house of fire. Um, eventually HBK and Dean Douglas go at it because they were supposed to at the last in your house, but is when, uh, HBK got sodomized by nine gay sailors at a bar in Syracuse so he was unable to (laughs) um, I think that's a story if I remember correctly uh, sounds right to me pal uh, (laughs) so Sean and Dean finally go at it but Razor who is on Dean's team punches Dean in the face from the apron and HBK rolls him up to eliminate Douglas and uh, pretty much send him back to ECW if not not now we're not very
1: far from now (laughs) Do you like Dean Douglas? You're a Dean guy? No, Dean Douglas was terrible. Why does he have an exclamation point on the back? Like, he came when he came <laughs> out and he had, like, an exclamation point, I don't understand what. why is it an exclamation point. I get it. He's a teacher. Does it need to be an exclamation point? I, you know, I never really thought about it. And
0: it was interesting. Maybe it's, like, he's, like, it's, like, he, he's emphasized, right? Like, instead of an, an exclamation point after a word, it's after his body. So it's, like, it's always, like, Dean Douglas,
1: yeah, right. Like I'm constantly screaming at you, scream, screaming Dean. Yeah, they
0: should have named him Screaming Dean. That's what it
1: should.
0: <laughs> Man, if you would have brought that up back in '94, '95, they would have been like, "Oh,
1: goddamn, pal! <laughs> <laughs> goddamn it, pal! That's amazing."
0: <laughs> There's probably been a Screaming Dean somewhere, somewhere. And also,
1: over. like. Everybody out there, if you're single, you need to find somebody who hypes you up the way Vince McMahon hypes up Shawn Michaels in the 90s. Because he, the most flat boy, the most charismatic. He, he has like an aneurysm every time he sees it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loves it.
0: Uh, and it's always the same thing. It's always like the same lines, which is hilarious.
1: Like you could feel his boner through the screen. You can hear it <laughs> as he's saying it. You can just see it rising. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's what he would do, man. When he had somebody he wanted to be over, he would just yell really loud until they were over. He did it with Lex Luger, too. Um, this didn't (laughs) really work though. No, it was very bad. Like Lex comes out at WrestleMania 10, and Vince is literally on commentary. He's like, Yes, yes, yes. It's like, shut up, Vince. We don't like him.
1: And the fans are like, No, no,
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Uh But in the match here, you got Razor and Sean go at it. We get a Razor's Edge on the HBK. Uh, Ahmed Johnson gets in there to break up the pin. Uh, HBK eventually goes to uh, because HBK and Sid are on the same team, which is bizarre considering Sid put him in the hospital a few months before this. But uh, Sid holds up Razor for Sean to give him a sweet chin music. But Razor ducks and Sean accidentally kicks Sid in the face and Razor pins him to eliminate Sid. But then Sid comes back after he comes to and power bombs Sean and then leaves. Uh, Ahmed Johnson hits the Pearl River Plunge onto Owen Hart to eliminate him. We got a, a Razor's Edge to Ahmed Johnson. Uh, but Bulldog makes the blind tag. And then uh, out comes Ted DiBiase, Sid, and 123 Kid, the Million Dollar Corporation. Kid trips up Razor, who's legal in the ring, and Bulldog hits him with a power slam to eliminate him. So now we it's three on one at this point. So we got Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, and Ahmed Johnson versus Yokozuna. Um, Yoko goes for the bonsai on the Shawn Michaels, but Shawn gets out of the way. Ahmed tags in and body slams Yokozuna again, the 680 pounder, however goddamn heavy he is. Uh, but Bulldog tries to break up the pin of his own teammate, which I guess he's a heel, but it's like, why, why is now the time
1: when you're going to, whatever. Right, like Owen Hart, your brother-in-law just got eliminated a little bit ago. Why didn't you try to help him from getting pinned? But is the guy. You had to save Yoko. <laughs> got to. Got to. Camp Cornette, man. It's a tight bond. It's a tight bond. When you're Camp Cornette, you're Camp Cornette for life. Is that a t-shirt? That better be. It, it should be. I don't think it is, but it needs to be.
0: Now it is. <coughs> uh, so Sean hits Yokozuna with a... Uh, well, Sean and Ahmed Johnson, they both just clothesline bulldog out of the ring. Shit can that asshole. Uh, sweet chin music to Yokozuna, and then Ahmed hits him with a big splash. For the win, eliminating Yokozuna. So, uh, the I guess the first wildcard team, or the second one, Team B wins this match and <laughs> wildcard team B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing that no- neither team had names, which is pretty, uh, depressing, but, uh, yeah, there was some good stuff in here. I thought,
1: no, it was, it was a good four on four match. It was, it was cool. You know, the, 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 dysfunction with the teams, they did, they did enough of it, but they didn't do too much of it. Yeah. I thought it was a very entertaining match. All these matches were good. I think the le I think the worst match on the show was probably the, uh, I mean out of the four on four matches, the worst one was the last one, the dark side one just because it was pretty much just a squash match. Um, but no, yeah. I I thought this was really good. very entertaining stuff.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I think the the, the design here was to get Ahmed Johnson over, which I think they thoroughly did. Um, Sean, I think is you know obviously Sean Michaels is Sean Michaels. so him, Ahmed and Bulldog, who I believe challenges the champion of the next in your house. So it all made sense that they were the survivors here. And, uh, fuck Dean Douglas. So, uh, but put a bow on that back to
1: WCW, pal. I mean, ECW. Uh, that's what I meant. Not WCW. Well, both, uh, both eventually. That's true. So, uh, and then target Sorry, <laughs> target. I once heard that Ric Flair like insulted him by saying he worked at a target or something. So
0: uh, <laughs> deep cut. I like it yeah. though. I believe it. I believe it. He looks like a guy that would work at target. You could see him he restocking shelves. He works in the video game department. Yeah, what else is he doing? You know, <laughs> but uh I know what you're thinking. You're like, by golly, I could do some more Bill Clinton. Well, Bill Clinton's oh, back. God. Well, he's still there. He never left. Uh, but Sonny's there and uh, sitting on Bill Clinton's lap feeding him grapes or some shit. I don't know. Or popcorn, it's I guess. Popcorn, would it be. yeah. <laughs> grapes. Um, it should have <laughs> been
1: grapes, pal. That's what it should have been. It should have
0: been. <laughs> Bill Clinton asks Sonny to be undersecretary a little bit of foreshadowing there i guess but uh yeah the good least. stuff there right
1: uh- <laughs> she's not doing that unless you got pills on you bill you got your pills
0: yeah. <laughs> i mean you got 20 dollars you can have sunny do the exact same thing to you
1: yeah every time i see sunny it just makes me ill she makes me sick to my stomach even now like i realize she looks really good in 1995 but just to think of the person that she became i'm just like mm. no i don't want to look at her yeah Goddamn. 1995.
0: It was a. Uh, yeah, I get it. I it get it tight. for sure. <laughs> so now we got diesel power rev- revving our engines uh, for the WWF world title match to no holds barred match. The main event we got the champion diesel defending against Bret Hart. And uh, so the backstory here is that Bret Hart him and Diesel had a match at the Royal Rumble almost a year earlier and uh, ended in disqualification because uh, a bunch of people interfered as a whole schmoz. I think even their the match before that at King of the Ring 94 was a similar deal. So they've had a bunch of matches. Neither really had a definitive winner. Bret Hart never really got a rematch for his title other than the Royal Rumbles. So uh, it's been a, about a year in the making and uh, Diesel, Bret Hart. That's pretty much all. That's all it is. We talked about the shitty interview segment on Raw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they didn't hype this thing up well. That's for sure. <laughs> it was it was something. I mean, Bret Hart and his. <laughs> he said the truck stops here. Yep, Bret Hart. Uh, he would always like he, when he faced Isaac Yankum at SummerSlam. It was I'm going to extract you and. Uh, you know, remove the cavity of you that is the mouth of the W or some shit like that. So,
1: yeah, it was. He always said something stupid. He was going to actually excellently execute him, is what he said, too. That is something. That is something.
0: Brad Diesel in this match is definitely has a more cocky vibe to him. It's very more akin to the Kevin Nash character that we would see in WCW in a few months.
1: Uh, but yeah, I thought this match was great. What did you think about it? This match is probably the best match in Kevin Nash's wrestling career. Everything about this match was great. Like uh, the way it started, Diesel starts off with the power moves. He he takes Brett apart. Brett uses his savvy ring this to get Brett down. I love when like it looked like Brett had him in a in the sleeper hole, but Brett was really just ripping at his mouth and his eyes, which. I thought that was really good. Everything about this is good. Brett gets him in the corner. He kind of ties him up, which I didn't think he was going to be able to tie him up for long, but he actually is pretty good with the game. Not good. Not apparently because the Hitman took tied him up he for was a while. Captain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this match was absolutely great. If you've never seen this match, you need to go watch it because it is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you as far as this being Kevin Nash's best match. I mean, the only other <laughs> candidate for his best match is his other match with Bret Hart at Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, um, that's a great match too. Yeah, that's a really good match too. Which
0: I'm I personally might enjoy the Royal Rumble one a little bit more, but maybe I, I mean this you. one at least had a, a finish. So, um, go either way, but I'm with you on that one. I think
1: that the Royal Rumble match is better. You don't get a finish in it, but I think I like that one better.
0: Yeah. But I do like the story of this, which you kind of touched on. So, it's no holds barred and uh Nowadays, when you have a no holds barred match, you have flaming tables, you got chairs, you got ladders. It's just a bunch of plunder and crazy spots. But plunder. this match felt it felt more uh, more gritty. Like like you said, Brett was like raking at Diesel's eyes because they're both baby faces, at least at this point. But they're both like they both take off turnbuckle pads. They both are using chairs. eye pokes, like you said, Brett tied up Diesel to the <laughs> turnbuckles. So. Um, it felt very much like these guys were wanted to win, like they would do anything to win, which gave it a level of like made it feel like a big deal. Uh, Brett, of course, works the leg of Diesel. He's because Diesel's probably on his 27th knee surgery at this point. <laughs> so I was like, you better do that. Yeah, uh, you got f- figure four is working on the knee. You got uh, ch- these chair shots from Brett to the knee of
1: Diesel looked brutal. Um, it's better than hitting a guy over the back with a chair that's got a big pad over it, which they always did that <laughs> in the 90s. They'd get the chair with the big pad and then hit him over the back with the pad, and you're like, eh. <laughs> it would wind back, and it'd be a. <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. of deal. So, probably smarter,
0: but doesn't look good on TV. No, it probably still hurts. But yeah, like you said, it's just uh, for acoustics, probably not the best way to go about it. Um, get some real steel in there, pal. A little CT will yeah. never hurt. We need you. the real steel. uh that eventually um because a lot of this match is you know brett working on the leg of diesel but eventually brett he's on the apron diesel knocks brett off the apron through the announce table ring size all the way from the apron through the table which is a spot they damn near never did at this point i mean i can't think of a uh
1: a time before this they did this no so this is like height of my fandom because i was like 12 years old in 95. So 95, 96 was height in my fandom. And I don't ever remember anybody going through a table. I think this was the first time it happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, tables, yeah. In general, tables weren't really used. I mean, ECW was just now making them popular. I feel like at least in the United States mainstream, but uh, yeah. So it felt like a really <laughs> crazy moment. Like all the monitors were all disheveled. The Spanish announce team was on the floor and uh sign of things to come for the future years. But uh, so Brett goes through this table. He's out. Diesel cockily throws Bret Hart into the ring. He's about to hit him with a jackknife. But Brett is playing possum and rolls up Diesel in a small package. Gets the quick win out of nowhere. I didn't expect that at all. But uh well, it was a quick win. It was, it was a decently long match, but it was out of nowhere. And uh, Brett wins the world title here, but doesn't get to celebrate it because uh Diesel gets back up. He's pissed. He shoves the ref. He gives Brett a jackknife. Five other refs come in. He Diesel just punches them all in the face one after the other. Gives Brett a second jackknife and then walks out. So Brett is your champion at the end of the show, but he is not. Doesn't seem like a winner here. Laid out and Diesel essentially turns heel here, which I think, like you mentioned earlier, I think is a good call. I think it fit his character. Uh,
1: a lot better. Awesome, fucking man! I, I, at the end, when when Brett when Diesel's leaving, right? Every pretty much everybody I saw was cheering, and Vince McMahon's going, "They're booing him in here!" Like, <laughs> looks like they're cheering him. Ain't nobody booing.
0: Man, I guess maybe it was before they had canned audio for live shows. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd yeah, be I abusing the not. shit out of that.
1: I guess not. Well, it's just funny say They're booing him, and you got like seven kids right there next to Diesel going, "Yeah." Nah. Diesel's and like even like high-five people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're booing him. No, they're not. They love him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stupid ass Bret Hart. But yeah, so uh <laughs> good stuff there. Uh very I- intriguing uh shift in character for Diesel. We got Brett and Bulldog at the next in your house. So uh but yeah, that brings the show to a close. And uh like I said, I mean this show definitely stand it's like a diamond in the rough. The very, very rough of 1995. Um, watching it, I, th- I feel like every match had some charm to it in some way. And I enjoyed watching this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it's one of the better Survivor Series that was kind of in the format where they still did a lot of the four-on-four four or five-on-five five matches because they start to kind of get away get away from that later on. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was really good. It was definitely better than the last three Survivor Series before it, which if you look at that card, you're going to look at that and go, oh, that's probably terrible, but it really isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, 94 Survivor Series. I mean, that was what? You had Breton, Bob Backlund, which was a fine match. It wasn't that great, but it was okay. Uh, yeah. Taker versus Yoko, which is fine. Can't really and remember anything what else, else was.
1: I remember that's when. So that's when Shawn Michaels like super kick diesel and diesel. That's when diesel turned babyface because they right. chased Shawn Michaels to the back and then their tag team. Yeah, that wasn't a very good show. I don't think
0: you know what else they had. They had doink and the dinks versus
1: oh. <laughs> King oh. and the, the little the little royals. I forgot about them. that. <laughs> I watched bad wrestling on my show, and that's right up my show's alley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, if you haven't covered that show, that is, uh, yeah, like you said, right right up your alley. I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, 94, 95, it seems like they're getting better. It's almost like they're a work in progress. Bingo. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, once first of all, Brent, thank you for making the time to check out the show and come on and discuss it. Where can everybody find you in the work in progress
1: podcast? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at AWI pod. Um, Twitch. I do a show every Friday night, me and the mayor, my, but my co-host the mayor of Canton watch an episode of WWF superstars from 1992 every Friday night, right after SmackDown. So if you want to check that out, do that. And yeah, that's it.
0: Hell yeah. I've been, I've been lucky to be a part of it. Well, once or twice, and it's, it's always a good time. It's always get a good listen
1: again. So, uh, around Royal Rumble time, we usually do this thing where we watch an old Royal Rumble match and we play like a Royal Rumble drinking game. And so when that comes around, Ooh. I think you should be involved in that, pal. What do you say?
0: Goddamn, pal. You, you Royal Rumble drinking your beautiful face. Those are my three favorite things. So, I you, I'm down. I'm sold.
1: There we go, pal. <laughs>
0: I'm a survivor. I want not know him. him. A- you know, the song that I mentioned in the beginning. It's a callback, folks. It's a callback. Uh, <laughs> once again, thank you to Brent from the A Work in Progress podcast. Go check out Brent on social medias, all, all, wherever you listen to podcasts, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Omegle, on eFucked. Do that. Give the boys some love. Great time with Brent, as always. And uh, check me out, Apron Bump on Twitter, Apron Bump on TikTok, Apron underscore Bump on Instagram, even though it's probably collecting cobwebs at this point. Uh, All my full episodes. If you like this, if you enjoyed this, I cover all the WWF from the new generation. I cover ECW and WCW from that era as well also covering the golden eras of tna of ring of honor ruthless aggression attitude era progress wrestling my my grandma's sex tapes everything that you love to watch your boy the hardest part of the ring talks about so with that i'll leave you i'll love you thank you guys once again for listening big smooches big smooches little smooches too for the delicate one <laughs> okay. that actually made me I'm kind of sick to my stomach when i said that um well on that note i'll let you uh, i'll let you skedaddle thank you guys once again for listening love you all i'm hard yeah it's the hardest circle found you disregard if you want the ground, show you what hard is then and proud
1: stronger and i guess this gets started starts going